You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. You know, sometimes in the service, uh, there's a song that comes, and I just uh, felt very strongly that that particular song uh, is, you know, conveying something very powerfully to every single one of us. And I don't want us to miss it. Uh, you know, it's great to be able to sing it, but actually to actually engage with it fully so that it actually gets into your system because I believe the Spirit of God was right on that, conveying something to you and I, that every promise that He's given us will not fail. Amen? And, uh, you know, yeah, just one person's really excited about that, and I know who you are, and I'm excited too. Uh, But I just want us to understand this because, you know, we make statements sometimes and they just fly off the top of us, but I felt the Spirit of God really wanting to reinforce that to every single one of us. Now, no matter where you're at in your life at this current point in time, there's a promise that is applicable to your situation. Amen? And it, and it will not fail. It will not fail. And what happens to us, you know, and I'm going to talk a little bit about this as we go along, what happens to us is the length of the journey sometimes causes us to somehow feel that we missed, whether because of ourselves or because... You know, something just didn't quite connect. But I want to tell you that every promise, God is faithful to His Word. Faithful to His Word. And I just feel the Spirit of God is uh, wanting to really reinforce that to us. Um, Just one thing I need to qualify there, Pastor Keith. Uh, Christine and I were never on heroin, all right? Uh, uh, but, But we were experimental in many areas. All right, and, uh, but we survive thanks to Jesus. Amen? Awesome. Uh, this is an interactive church, I understand. So we, we can get rowdy, we can clap, we can yell, we can scream, we can do whatever we want because this is our church. Amen? And, uh, you know, I, I just think we should enjoy church immensely. Um. I understand you've been doing a series that's uh, around this thing called recalibration, recalibrating our faith. And uh, today I would like to talk to you a little about this thing called life, faith, and hope. And uh, has anyone read the Passion Translation? Okay, some people don't like it, but I do. All right, and, uh, but it does a great treatment of Hebrews chapter 4. It comes out of Hebrews 3 and into Hebrews chapter 4. But it has this great statement about the life, about the rest or faith rest journey, right? And uh, you're in this uh, component of talking about faith and rest. And they seem to be diametrically opposed for whatever reason. I must stop here right now and thank pastors Keith and Janet because they are phenomenal people. And we have truly done holidays together. We have shopped until we've dropped, then had more coffee, and then carried on. Have we not, Keith? We have ridden motorbikes all over uh, Oahu in Hawaii. 
And we've seen places that many people never see, right? And, uh, but we've had a great friendship, and we esteem Janet and Keith as our, some of our closest friends. And we just thank God for the privilege of being able to do this journey with us. You know, there's nothing like friendship. Amen. Um, and, and I think we have to value it. And I think the older we get, the more we realize how incredible friendships are. And some people can ditch them quite easily. So they go off to another church and think they're going to reestablish those friendships again like that. But you don't, you know, because we do life together. We bang heads together. We scream at one another. We forgive one another and we get on with the job because that's church life because we're a community, aren't we? And, and I love that statement that uh, Nat was making, Nate was making before, you know. I kind of figure with community, you've got to really engage. You cannot be passive. Uh, you've got to engage with it. Uh, because I kind of figure that, you know, the, the more friendships we cultivate within the life of the church, when people come in, the more they feel that they're part of a, a community. And people are looking for it everywhere. Having said that, I'll move on. The faith rest journey. And I says it sounds diametrically opposed or, or contradictory in, in some respects. But in actual fact, if you actually have the faith of God, then you're able to travel with a sense of rest. You're not in turmoil. You're not second guessing all the time. You just, the journey's still ahead of you. You haven't arrived. You can still see the trial. But inside of you, there is that supernatural peace. Right? That surpasses all understanding, as it says in Philippians 4, verse 7. Right? And so the thing is this. I just want to talk a little bit about that. Faith comes and comes by hearing of the Word of God. Romans 10, verse 17. Faith comes. Faith comes. Right? And the thing is this. You know, I would have to say this is one of the strongest uh, revelations that grip my life is the reality that when you and I receive a rhema word from God, we can go through anything. Amen? The Word of God tells us in Ephesians 6 verse 17 to take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the rhema word of God. That's how you and I walk this walk, right? And how we can walk in a state of rest, not in turmoil, not in conflict, not second guessing, not feeling like we're on the back foot all the time, but we can walk with confidence and boldness because of the fact that you and I have a rhema word from God. Jesus said this when the devil said to him in Matthew 4, 4, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus replied, it is written. Why did he say it is written? Because he is using the most authoritative Word in the universe. It is written. We can negate our Bibles and kind of figure, you know, it's a, an optional thing. I might read it, I may not read it. But I want to tell you, if you neglect it, you neglect the most authoritative Word in the universe. And you've got nothing. Because the devil doesn't really care what you think. He doesn't really care what education you've got. He doesn't care how much money you've got. What he does care about, if you have a revelation of the living Word of God. That puts him on his back foot. And if we're going to walk the walk of faith and rest, you and I need to be people who are 
literally connected with the Word of God and given God the opportunity to quicken it to us. That's why I love church. That's why I love the atmosphere that we can get into, like this morning, with a song that keeps reinforcing to you and I that the promises of God will not fail. We're going to sing that again later because I think that's something that needs to get so ingrained into the psyche of every Christian so that you and I, it's not just a, a throwaway statement, but it is something that is resonating on the inside of us. Well, I use that word resonate. I must qualify that as well. During the course of this message and during the course of any church service, et cetera, et cetera, you'll find there are different things that resonate in your spirit. If they resonate in your spirit, you need to understand that's the Spirit of God speaking to you. Amen? So that you and I should walk away from here today, whether you get anything out of what I say or not, you should have got something from that song. For me, I've already feasted. I'm done. I'm good. I'm ready for a coffee. All right? Because I feel that God is speaking all the time. If you didn't get anything from the song or from me, you surely would have got something from Nate when he was speaking. Because that was anointed, powerful. I mean, we've just had, you know, morning tea, lunch, second lunch, third lunch, right? Because that's how it works in Hobbitland, all right? You have several lunches. And in the course of us being in church, we need to be, that's resonating in my spirit, God speaking to you. Okay, so here's a scripture for you. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. This is one of my life scriptures, but you just happen to put it up there as the, the, the scripture that we're using today. It says, I'm reading out of the complete Jewish Bible because it's the most holiest of all. all right? And if you don't have it, I feel sorry for you, but nonetheless. I only read it out because it has a particular line that, that I find very good. It says, trust in Adonai, yours it says, trust in the Lord, with all your heart, do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will level your paths. In other versions it says, He will make straight your paths. But the actual Hebrew word means He's making level, that which is uneven, so that you are not going to stumble, trip, or fall on the path that God leads you on. Amen? That's what He's saying. And so the thing is this, when you and I trust or hope in the Lord, right, with all of our heart, in other words, he's saying there's a complete uh, abandonment of ourselves to Him, right? Don't rely on your own understanding or your own ability to try and work it out intellectually. It doesn't mean that we lose sight of reason. It just means that we can't rely on it when it, literally goes beyond our capacity to fully comprehend what is taking place. Don't rely on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him. You're in charge here, God. It's all you. So let me read this to you, the faith, rest, life defined, out of Hebrews verse 2, and then I'll tell you a couple of stories. Because we all came for a story, didn't we? Amen? And if it's just, if it's just preaching and there's no story, it's like a Bible study. Okay, so Hebrews 4 verse 2, and I've just taken one section out of it. It's, it's, it's in a context, but it is self-explanatory in itself. It says, for we have heard the good news of deliverance. Anyone heard the good news? Isn't it great? The good news. What's good about it? It's good. 
all right? The good news, Jesus came to deliver us, to set us free. Nothing that you and I could do, He came to do it. If you're here today and do not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Saviour, don't leave this place without Him, all right? Because He came to deliver you. Nothing that you can do. And this is really what Hebrews 4 and the latter parts of uh, chapter 3 are all about, about the deliverance that Christ came to bring, that we enter into by faith, right? It's not of works. It's not something that we do to earn it. It's We just got to accept it's a free gift and acknowledge that's the reality of it. So this is what it says. For we have heard the good news of deliverance, just as they did, yet they didn't join their faith with the word or with the message. They had a message of deliverance, but they didn't connect faith to it. Right? And so as a consequence, the faith that God could bring them through, faith that they were doing the right thing, faith that God was going ahead of them, a belief that God is for us. You know, many of us, we come to Christ and we kind of look at people and say, well, I can see God is for them, but I don't know if He's always for me. And depending on what you're brought up, and I grew up in a housing commission area, you'll, under, you'll hear that every now and then in my language. I might swear every now and then because, you know, um, and if I do, forgive me because that's where I come from. But I used to have this thought, you know, when I got born again and was in a church, and I used to observe what appeared like God had favorites. This is my mindset, right? Because that was part of my housing commission mindset that still had not been renewed. And do you know that God is always renewing us? And some of the stuff that you and I are still traveling with, God has to get rid of because it's undermining our ability to access what God has for us. That's not, not wrong. It's not bad or anything like that. It's just life. We all have this stuff. You know, we're all broken. Right? And if anyone here thinks they're not broken, well, you're on your own because we're all broken. And, and I think sometimes it's good for us to keep remembering, no, no, I'm just a broken human being. God's put him back together. And he hasn't finished yet, all right? It's, you know, I kind of figure, I get along so far, he should be done by now. He says, man, you are so broken. You know, it's going to take me until the time that I call you from this earth, which is a daunting thought, right? Because he's still going to keep working, right? So the thing is this, these guys, we don't trust sometimes what God's saying. Let me continue with the verse. For we have heard the good news of deliverance just as they did, yet they did not join their faith with the word, with the message. Instead, what they heard didn't affect them deeply, for they doubted. And I want to encourage you that for you and I to do the faith rest journey, we have to take God's word and believe it implicitly, whether we can bring it about in, our, in ourselves, we need to take a stand on that first and foremost and recognize, okay, there are flawed aspects of my life that I need to work through because there's parts of me that don't trust easily for whatever reason. It's not a negative, it just is. But God is doing a transformation work. Amen? That's what it is. Now, we're going to read a little story. This comes out of Exodus chapter 14. Israel are on their way out of Egypt. They're traveling along. The Egyptians are coming from behind. We're just going to pick up their story. And then I'm going to tell you my story. And so Exodus 14 verses 10 through to 16. Okay. And when Pharaoh drew near, I'm reading from verse 10 in the New King James Version now. 
And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, so they were afraid. Very important verse. When the Egyptians drew near, or when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes. I've got three things I want to talk to you today about. What we say, or what we see, what we say, and what God says. Amen? What we see, what we say, and what God says. And that's how we generally live life. The children of Israel lifted their eyes and saw the Egyptians. That's what they saw. And there are many of us here today, we lift our eyes and we see demise. And I think Pastor Nate mentioned that this morning. You may have some sort of uh, uh, diagnosis and that's all you can see because you can hear the doctor's voice resonating. Or you had something that was brought to you concerning uh, your financial situation and someone's warned you this is what's going to happen. And that's all you can hear resonating in your thoughts. We lift our eyes. What are we seeing? More about that in a moment. So they were afraid and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses, here's a great confession, all right, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us out of Egypt? Is not the word that we told in Egypt saying, let us alone that we might serve the Egyptians for it would be better for us to serve the Egyptians than it would be to die in the wilderness. And some of us, we rely or we relinquish the possibility of freedom to be secure or comfortable in the imprisonment that we already have. And we live in it. But God's got so much better for us. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of God, uh, which He will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you. This is a word for someone here this morning. The Lord will fight for you. Amen. All you have to do is rest in your faith. The Lord will fight for you. You're facing a set of circumstances that you feel that you cannot accommodate or you cannot negotiate or you cannot get through. But I want to tell you, the Lord will fight for you because God is for us, not against us. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Amen. That's what we need to take on in Scripture. God's for me. God's for me. Sometimes, you know, you and I just need to be walking around our home or wherever it is we're going, or if you're out riding a bike or whatever it is you do for recreation, sometimes all we need to be doing is doing stuff like this. God is for me. 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 Because it has to get inside of us. It has to get inside of us. Otherwise, what happens, we find that it's not a thing that we really believe. They didn't enter in because they did not mix the message they heard with faith. They did not believe it. Belief, faith, persuasion, all come from the same root Greek word, pistio. It literally means being convinced and persuaded of a truth or of something. You believe it. You have faith in it. You are convinced of it. You're persuaded by it. And that's what we need to do. We need to be persuaded by it. 
It is our conviction. It is what we hold to. It will carry us through. I said, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But lift up your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the seas. They still had to walk. They still had to go through it. But God had made a way where there was not a way. Amen? God had made a way where there wasn't a way. It was not logical. They could not rely on their own understanding of of how this was going to happen. They could not intellectually see this thing taking place. But God did it anyway because He's not confined to natural laws. Even though He established them, He can bypass them because He's God. Amen. What we see. Kristen and I, uh, at the end of last year, uh, her father, who had lived with us for many, many years, had gone into an aged care facility, and we, so we'd been working to sell our home. Um, we'd put it on the market. Uh, just on, the, on the, the very moment that we were about to put it on the market, which was just at the end of September, we got a phone call from Pastor Ryan Croxford, who many of you will know, and asked if we could assist them at uh, C3 Port Macquarie. And... Uh, he actually asked us if we could move down. And we said, we couldn't move down, but we were certainly, you know, we'll consider what we can do. So he said, just give me a, a few minutes uh, or ring you back. And so I hung up, told Christine about it. We did a quick prayer, you know, Lord, shall we? Will we? He said, why not? And so we rang him back. He says, okay, we're into this. We, we, we can do this, all right? We put our house on the market. And the first weekend that we were having an open house, we were, we'd set up the house. The real estate guy would come in. We'd give him the key. We'd drive to Brisbane, catch the plane and fly down to Port Macquarie, right? And that's, that's how we were going. And uh, he rang us and says, oh, you've got so many visitors, all these people going through. And I said, oh, beautiful, you know? And then uh, he says, okay. He sent me a thing. He said, we've got a contract. So we're doing this all over email, sending the contract through. And then uh, they did the, the, the building and pest, you know? And uh, so the building guy went round and he says, uh, we found some termites. We found some termites. He said from the Housing Commission, right? Bloody termites, right? Termites. And they'd, they'd got in and I, we'd had termite trouble before, but we'd got it all cleared. And there was just these few termites. And um, it was just resonating in my brain, you know, these termites, these termites. The contract fell over. Right, and uh, we just, and and when we got the building uh, and pest report, you know, have you ever read those building and pest reports? They cover themselves in every possible way. That the only thing they don't say about your house is, you should put a match to it, <laughs> right? But everything else, oh, this house has got this, it's got that. There's this. We can't say anything about this part because we couldn't get to that. And so anyone reading that pest and building report would sort of think you wouldn't want to buy that house, right? And, and I looked and I said to Christine, we might as well bulldoze this flipping thing, you know? We still owed 320000 to the bank. So it wasn't going to make us, you know, look good uh, bulldozing the house. But I had this thing resonate in my flipping brain. All I could see was the termites, you know, like the Egyptians. You know, you look, the termites were ginormous, <laughs> you know? They were just so big. And I could just... In my brain, just munching away the house. Anyway, 
So we're still, in between this time, we're still flying up and down to Port Macquarie, et cetera, et cetera. We went to a pastor's day, or it was actually, a, 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 I think it was a, a leadership night, and you were there, Keith, because you announced that, that you'd paid off your building and all that sort of stuff, right? And uh, anyway, Gemma Webb, I think that's her first name, isn't it? That's um, uh, Martin and Ali's daughter. She got up and she read that portion of scripture out of, out of about the, uh, you know, the Egyptians chasing you. And she said, she says, don't look behind at the Egyptians, but look forward to your future. You know when you hear a word and it goes bang like that. It says, don't look behind. I didn't hear Egyptians. I said, don't look behind at the termites. Look forward to your future. Right? And so we start looking forward to our future. And I realized what we see, what we see, it's either going to dominate our thought and confession and our direction, our motivation and everything about our life if we don't get it worked out. And I don't look at the termites, look at the future. Then I had, we got back and uh, one of the guys in our church who was a builder, master builder, he rang up and says, "Uh, look, I heard you had some termite trouble. I'd like to come around and have a look. And I says, that'd be great. And he says, I'll just remove this section off the wall and you can have a look. So he was there. They, uh, he came around and, and they removed this section off the wall and he had a look at it. He's a big German guy, right? Claus is his name, right? And he looked at, not Santa Claus, just Claus, right? But it felt like he was Santa Claus, right? He looked at it and he says, this is a really solid house. He says, these termites haven't got it. We had the real estate guy there come and he had a look because they were put out such a bad report, pulled off where they says, oh, no, they're eating all up here. All it was was black paint, right, because we'd repainted the house, and it was just black paint from the original paint that he could see. And so uh, uh, Claus says, we'll just fix this. And, and all the other things that they'd written in the building report, he fixed, right? He had his, his guys with him. They fixed them all up. And I said, what do I owe you, mate? And he says, you don't owe me anything. We have to look after you guys. Hey, I want to say that to your pastors. You need to look after these guys. Because he had a very clear understanding of the word of honour and what it is to look after God's men and women. He just fixed it all up. We got another contract. Sold. Boom. In the meantime, we're still flying back and forth to, uh, you know, Paul Macquarie. What we say, what we say, our confession, and most of us, if you've been in church for any length of time, we understand the significance of that. What we say, you know, our confession, the things that we say at times undermine what God wants to do. This is my confession. Flipping termites, you know, and, and, and my vision, this is what I saw, this is what I was saying. I was articulating what I saw. I've been saved for a long time, but let me tell you something, you know. You and I are going to go through journey after journey of some of the things that we think we've got through, and then God goes a little deeper. Don't you love that? Yeah. Not. I'm going to ask, how come you have to keep doing that? And you know what he's going to say to me? You were so broken. Had to get right down to the very, you know, depth of your being. We have to guard the words that we speak. In Matthew 12, 33 to 37, it says, 
The words that we articulate reveal our heart. They also reveal the kind of tree that we are. So if we want to walk the faith rest journey, we need to have a word from God and rely on that. Wherever it comes from, you'll know when God's speaking. It can come from your child that you, you know, that comes out of uh, your children's church today. They can come, what'd you learn? And they could say something to you and it could just go bang. It can come from someone just doing the newsletter. It can come from someone doing communion. It can come from someone speaking, uh, doing the tithe and offering. It can come from the musicians as they sing. It can come from any quarter. But we need the Word from God. Amen? And it may come slightly different, but we know that it aligns with what His written Word says. It's not extra biblical revelation. It is revelation that aligns with what His Word already says. We attach it to it. But we have a point of experience, you know, where it comes to us. So what God says. What does God say? Well, in Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through to 13, we read the story of the centurion and his son. And he sends one of his servants to tell him that uh, the centurion's son's sick. And Jesus says, I'll come to his place. And then he speaks to the centurion. The centurion says, you don't, you don't need to come. You just need to say the word. You just speak it. Because I too am a man under authority. I tell this one to go here and that one to do this. He understood the significance of the principle of authority and submission. Because they don't work unless they're both in line. It's a tension at times. But our capacity to submit to authority over us also gives us the ability to have authority over those things that are under us. But without that, it does not work. What God says, we yielded to Him, to His purpose, to His plan. Amen? We have over us, within the context of the church, and no one can force you. Do you know, do you know the church is a completely voluntary organization? You're here because you just chose to come. Right? No one rang you up and said, if you don't get here, we're coming over your place and we're going to just beat the whatever out of you. Right? You better be in church because none of us are come. So it's all a voluntary organization. So when you have a leader over you, it's you submitting yourself to the principles of the Word of God. I voluntarily, voluntarily submit myself to that because I want to align myself with the flow of God's provision, with His authority. That's all you and I've got. All I've got, all I've got to give is myself. That's all I've got to give. Because God doesn't need me. I haven't got any special gift that he sort of, oh, mate, we've got to have Eric. How are we going to win the world without him? No, there's already been one Messiah. And I was saying to Pastor Nate before I came up here, all I was was a naughty little boy. I'm not the Messiah. Right? That's for those of you who are in the know. Huh? We know who we are, don't we? His word, his quickened word to you and I is primary authority. Let's say what God is saying. Let's say what God is saying so that we can walk this faith rest journey. Amen? Where we're not stressed, where we're not finding ourselves overwhelmed by anxiety or anything like that. Let's walk faith rest journey. And if you don't have a rhema word from God yet, 
Don't despair. Just make sure you expose yourself to it so that God can quicken it to you. Amen. Whether it's reading your Bible, whether it's being in church, whether it's being in a connect group, whatever the case is, wherever you can expose yourself to the Word of God, whether you're listening to the podcast because you missed it last week, whatever the case is, expose yourself to the Word of God. Let the Spirit of God come and quicken it to your heart. Let it resonate inside your spirit so you've got something to fight with. And if you had a word and it's still a living word and you had it and you've been walking on it for 20 years, keep walking on it because that's all, that's all Peter did to walk upon the water. He just walked on the word. Jesus said, come. He stepped out onto the letter C. You've got to be quick. Just remember, I was just an old hippie, okay? He stepped onto the letter C, got onto the letter O, got to M. M was supposed to be a really long letter. But then he got to E. When he got to E, he realized that the waves are up there because E should have carried him all the way to Jesus. Right? But he began to sink. Let's walk on the Word of God. Let's walk on what He has spoken to us. Let's stand with it. You may have times of doubt, but re-engage with that Word. Confess it, speak it, begin to declare it. You know, we kind of figure with prophecy that it is something that You know, we're waiting for someone to speak over you. But I want to tell you, you live in a prophetic church. I don't have to be here more than five minutes and I can already feel it resonating in me. I've been prophesied over with that song. I've been prophesied over with Pastor Nate speaking. I've been prophesied over by all sorts of things while I've been sitting in the service. And I want to tell you, you've been prophesied over. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12, or in the first section of that verse, I'll read verse 12, and it says this, God asked Jeremiah, God's tricky, all right? He says to Jeremiah, what do you see? And he says, I see an almond branch budding, blossoming. And God says, you have seen right And then he makes this statement. And then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. I'm watching over my word to perform it. And when you and I hold to his word, God is watching over his word to perform it. And then God asks him a second time the question, Jeremiah, what do you see? And he says, I see a boiling pot in the north. And then God says, out of the north will come this army. And that was the word that God wanted him to begin to declare over the nation Israel. And God's asking you this morning, what do you see? Because some of the things that you and I are seeing are not God. There's someone else's words. There's some voice about a diagnosis or your financial situation or your kids or your marriage or whatever else or, or who you are as a person. And we're listening to what they say. I'm amazed at how many people in this world are literally looking at their life from the basis of Instagram and literally buying into what other people are saying with respect to them. How many kids have been bullied by virtue of other people through the internet telling them who they are. That's not what God is saying. That's someone else's word. Let's declare what God is saying. Let's declare what He is saying. What's God saying to you?
gentleman who was playing the drums. What's your first name? Jared. Great name, Jared. I feel the Spirit of God sitting on you. And I feel that God is going to pull you into a dimension of Himself that you're not engaged with before. But I've, I have nothing specific other than to say this. I just feel the Spirit of God wanting to say to you, you get ready because you're going to find God is targeting you for something far more than you've anticipated about your own life. All right? There's anointing, a new anointing, that's going to rest on your life. And not because you've done anything special, it's just, it's actually, I feel God saying, because you have been available. And there's an anointing that's going to fall upon you. And uh, your voice, it's going to shift uh, when you speak to people. It's not going to be something like uh, autocratic or anything like that or authoritarian. Or that. However, when you speak, there will be authority in the words that you speak. All right, and they're going to make an impact on people's lives. But there's the power of God on you. Holy Ghost. The faith rest journey. Faith rest journey. God doesn't want you worn out. He wants you to be able to walk and be at peace and be at rest. And to actually succeed in what you're going for. So let me conclude with this. Hebrews 10 verses 34 to 35, it says, So don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that He has promised. Amen? Then you'll receive all that He has promised. I think sometimes, you know, we've just got to stay the course. Actually, I don't think it's sometimes. I think we've got to do it all the time. We've just got to stay the course. Stay the course. Stay the course. Stay the course. Christian and I stayed the course. I made this statement. We were driving down the street, and I made this statement because we've been told, oh, you might have to settle for this or settle for that, settle for this little house or whatever, because we sold our house and we're going to buy another. And I said to Chris, we were driving along the street, and I can remember exactly where I was. I just made the statement. I wasn't thinking really about it. I just said to Chris, I said, we're going to buy that house and we're going, to, we're going to be in there before Christmas and we're going to have a back-to-back deal. We're going to sell ours. It's going to be settled and then we're going to settle on ours. Within. We had had our contract all set to settle on the 3rd of December. And on the 3rd of December, at 2 o'clock, our house that was sold settled. And at half past two, we settled on the unit that we bought, all within half an hour. Now, if you're involved in real estate, because I'm a bit ignorant there, I said, it's not really heard of that often, where you can do a settlement, a sale and settlement that quick. God's forest. Amen. And the final little clincher for all that is this. Set your sights on building the kingdom of heaven. 
we were travelling back and forth to Port Macquarie. We did that for just on four months, back and forth. Just at the point in time we were selling our house, every weekend we'd set it up, go away, real estate would come in, do the whole deal, all that sort of thing. You set your course for forward, furthering the kingdom of God, God will take care of your stuff. He did for us, and we're nobody special. We're just broken old hippies, right? Not anymore. We're sons and daughters of the Most High God. Been transformed, renovated, changed day by day. And if He did it for us, He can do it for you. We're all on a journey, amen? We're all on a journey, but God's for us. God is for us. God's for you. This young lady here in the, yep, right there, just give me a wave. That's you, yeah. I want to tell you, I just feel very strongly God's saying to you, He has not forgotten you, He's for you. And you may feel at times as though you're just out of the picture, you know, you've got great friends around you, but you feel personally on your own that you're out of the picture sometimes. And you wonder if God's there for you. But I want to tell you today, God's for you. Amen? And I'll tell you something else. He's going to surprise you and blow you away. Amen? Not too distant future. I will say within the next three months, you're going to find things that are significantly going to change for your life. Amen? Awesome. Could I have every head bowed in prayer right now, every eye closed? Maybe you're here this morning and you've never, ever been born again. You do not know Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior. But today as you sit in the service, you realize there's something missing in your world. You're looking for a solution, for an answer. Something that can literally give you direction or meaning or purpose or guidance, can heal your brokenness, whatever the case is. And I want to tell you that right now that what you're looking for is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And He's here today in the presence of His Holy Spirit. And He wants to come into your world if you would invite Him in. He won't force Himself into your life. But He's wanting you to recognize that that's what you're missing. And you've spent so much of your life trying to fill that void, that gap in you, but it never gets satisfied. You can only ever be satisfied with a relationship with the living God. So if that's you this morning, and you're here and you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, you've never prayed a prayer where you've said, Lord, forgive me for my sin, the wrong that I've done. I'm asking you to wash it all away. And I'm asking you, Jesus, to come into my life and begin to heal and transform me. If you've never prayed a prayer like that, that but this morning as you sit in the service, you realize that's you. Can you just simply slip up your hand? I'll acknowledge it, then you can put it down. Is there one this morning like that? You've never made your peace with God. You've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your world. Or maybe you're here this morning and you once walked with God and you've been away from Him, but today you find yourself in church and you just feel a little bit awkward, but today you recognize, I've got to recommit my life to Christ. I've got to come back to Him. It ain't working away from Him. I've got to come back to Him. If that's you, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if that's you, you want to recommit your life afresh to Jesus, 
Just simply slip up your hand. I'd love to pray with you. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. So one this morning, right now. Amen. Let me just pray for you before I hand it back to Pastor Kim. Lord, I just thank you for this church. I thank you for every individual that's here today. I thank you, Lord, that you know exactly where we're at. You know what struggles we're going through. Lord, you know what disappointments we've had. And I pray right now that, God, you would breathe into each and every one of us. Lord, where there's been a quickened word, you bring it back to the remembrance. Lord, where we're still looking for you to breathe into us. Lord, speak into hearts. Bring a rhema word into their lives. Lord, give them a new picture. Let them see afresh. Let them see as you see. Let them say as you say. Lord, that they would find themselves traveling forward, no longer, Lord, fearful of the Egyptians, but rather, Lord, looking towards a bright future. We ask it in Jesus' glorious name. Amen. God bless you, church. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.